coming from a balcony in Barcelona. Yes. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong. I have never been so stressed in my life. I'm <laughs> clinging to the mic and my cell phone for dear life right now. We're on the fourth floor of our balcony in Barcelona, and it's a very thin balcony. It's not like a lot of space. Yeah, like it's very thin, narrow. just enough to walk around. Mm -hmm. and just barely walk around, yeah. Like the railing is thin, so you see straight through. Like you can literally, if you look down, you see straight through your legs. Oh, I just looked down. <laughs> <laughs> but sisters, we are in Barcelona, finally. If you listened to our last episode, we were just mere days away from flying, but now we're here. We've been here for about four days. It's been wonderful. Today we had, I had, gluten-free bread for the first time. Yeah. It was toasted, it was soft, it was a baguette. Honestly, it was the best gluten-free bread I have ever had. That's crazy that you say that. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Serious. And the place is like right around the corner, so we can right go down the, right down. Yeah, it's right across the apartment. Good old Juan. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about our experience so far in Barcelona. If you if you don't want to hear about this, you can just skip forward to like 10, 15 minute mark, or maybe a little bit less. But how has it been for you, Tyne, the last three, four days? I love it. This is starting to be my favorite city in Europe. You know, I haven't, like, traveled that much. I've been to Paris and Florence. But this takes the cake. Yeah. This is amazing. There's so much to do, so many nice people, great food. So busy. Yeah. Like, I love that the second you get out of the apartment, you're already seeing hundreds of people walking the streets. It's just, like, lively. Yeah, there's so much bustle and so many steps, okay? I've had so, like, every day 10,000 steps. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, to go anywhere, like, for example... To get lunch, you have to walk like half a mile to go to a good spot. Yeah. And then come back, you have to walk another half a mile. So basically, you're already walking a mile just to get lunch. And then again for dinner, etc. I never used to do that. I mean, we'd go on a walk after lunch. And then maybe I'd go on a walk like at least like five times a week. But not as much as we've been walking here. Yeah. And it feels really good. Yeah. Here, like you're basically forced to go on walks, which is a really great thing because you get to see the city. The one thing yeah. I have to say, though, it's making it really hard is everybody's too well dressed. So it's <laughs> adding the pressure for us to always be like, I don't want to put jeans on to go get lunch. I just want to wear sweatpants like we're in L.A. Yeah. I miss the, the loungewear scene. loungewear set. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the lazy loungewear scene in California. Yeah. But you know what? It's like people are really classy. They're wearing like scarves and like nice wool jackets. Winter wear. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Something I've never seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like this much. I, I don't think I've traveled in the winter time. It's always been summer. So the fashion here is just like stunning winter wear. Coats and shoes, boots, you know, like cool scarves, hats. It's a yeah. great style. And like the number of restaurants everywhere. It's insane. Like how many restaurants there are at every corner. Not a corner, every like block as you go. Mm -hmm. There's like 30 restaurants. Yeah. It's almost hard to pick one. And honestly, there's always something gluten-free you can find. Even at the croissant place that we walked past today, they had like an egg and potato quiche. Yeah. And I could have eaten that if you wanted a croissant. 
Well, let's talk about the food for a second, though. How do you like the food while being here? I love it. And the tapas taste really good. It's just different than what we used to eat at home. It's a bit wet. Yeah. Like everything has wetness to it. Mm -hmm. you know, simmered in something. It's simmered like it comes with like the sauce of its own underneath it. Yeah. So it's a little bit hard to get used to, especially when like the menu, like half the menus are in Spanish and we're trying to learn. So it makes it a little bit difficult. But just like if you come to Spain, expect like wet food, <laughs> a lot of tapas style, like a lot. Of, that's a great thing, actually. I like the tapas style. What's your preference like on it. this? No, I think it's great because you can have a little bite of everything. Yeah. The other day I tried an anchovy based tapas and it tasted really good. And I'm trying to get used to anchovies now that we're here because they're really good Ugh. and sardines they're Ugh. really good for PCOS they're healthy fats they have all these vitamins and minerals you know every time we go to a tapas restaurant like we can't get like a main dish for ourselves right I, I yeah. would typically get like a fish taco or like a salmon something which isn't on the menu here it's like their fatty fish is like anchovies and yeah things like that so even though it's very fishy I'm trying to get used to it yeah that's the great thing about tapas too you don't have to commit like you can get three, four different small dishes, so you get to try everything. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that's famous here is called the patatas bravas, which is basically like at every single restaurant, it's potatoes, special potatoes with the sauce on top. It's mm -hmm. delicious. But of course, once you have it every single day, like I'm, I'm sure the native citizens here, I'm sure they don't eat it all the time because it's everywhere. Right. But it's delicious. It's gluten-free and it's a carb and I'm here for it. Yeah. What's this commotion happening down the street right here? Don't make me look down. No, like there's like a bunch of cops cops with the toe you see like right there are they towing a car they're like towing like this tiny bicycle with the yeah like all this commotion over a bicycle <laughs> i don't understand what's going on i guess we'll figure it out as yeah. we go but yeah it's been a great experience so far of course like one thing to keep in mind too like our apartment and it's a big big difference from from like where we were living in california because here's the thing all of these apartments, they're like two, three hundred years old. Yeah. Compared to, you know, our condo in Orange County, uh, California, that was like 50 years old, right? <laughs> so like the piping system, like the water pressure, the like the heating, AC, all that kind of stuff is so different than it is here. Like, for example, mm -hmm. when we're in the shower, I am a DJ, meaning like I have to constantly adjust. Who's honking right now? Who is honking? I hope you guys aren't hearing the honking. Okay. <laughs> Look what's happening. Look, they're towing the bicycle telling. I swear to God, there is a AAA <laughs> tow truck, and they're literally towing a bicycle. Oh, my God. There's, like, a basket at the end of the bicycle. Maybe that's why. Oh, my God. They're literally putting it, like, as if they're towing a car. I, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. An abandoned bicycle in the middle of the street. It's they're abandoned? putting on a tow truck. Oh, God. This is hilarious. What were you saying? Oh, the buildings are really old. Oh, the shower, and yeah. The shower. Like, yeah. You, you, once you put it on, like, hot, it doesn't stay hot. It gets cold. It gets too hot. So you have to keep adjusting, like, the temperature gauge. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'm, you know, DJ. It's definitely stuff to get used to. We're acclimating, I would say. Yeah. Especially these past few days with, like, the jet lag and, like, going live on Instagram and oh, yeah. everything. It's just, like, we're really trying to figure out what the heck is going on and... Yeah. With, you know, yeah. not eat dinner at 1030. <laughs> yeah. I mean, none of these are complaints, by the way. We're just like talking. We're like, we love what we're doing. We're just yeah. telling you exactly what the experience has been like. So mm -hmm. don't get us, don't get me wrong. We're not complaining. We love Barcelona. 
we're having the time of our lives here. Seriously. And if you're wondering how long we're going to be here, we're going to be here for two months. Mm -hmm. We basically moved here. Like, we're not like, this is not a vacation. We got rid of our condo. We sold our cars. Mm -hmm. We have nothing to our names. So, like, if you have a place for us, sisters, <laughs> in America, when we, once we come back, back, please, we need somewhere to stay. Stop it. We have our parents. That's fine. Our parents. <laughs> we're going to live at home for the rest of our lives. No, we we're not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> So I guess that's our little bit about Barcelona. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll give you an update every single week about how it's going here. But let's get started with our episode today. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing a little Q&A, answering some of your questions. We're going to go over our post of the week from Instagram. There's always like a post on Instagram every week that gets the most attention or gets the most questions. So we're going to go over one today. We're going to do some wins of the week and we're going to talk about the biggest mistakes to avoid with PCOS, the most common mistakes that sisters make. And we're going to kind of explain, uh, go through each one and explain how you can avoid them. All right. All right. Why don't we get started with some of the Q&A questions? So the first one is by Glow Up by 2020. This question, this was a comment on Instagram, on our Instagram post. She asks, does PCOS cause anxiety? She says, oh my God, your video makes me understand why I was feeling tired or stressed or worried on small things. And I think she's referring to the real video we had about, remember you were mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm, I'm ready to start my day, but then all of a sudden you start feeling anxiety, cravings, yeah. and all these like, you know, different PCOS symptoms. So why don't we explain that one, babe? Yeah, I mean, with PCOS, we need to practice extreme self-care, okay? I'm not talking about just like, go on a walk and calm down, like whatever. We have a priority in our lives to really, really take care of ourselves. And when it comes to anxiety, it can be really immensely triggered by so many things. So for example, having low progesterone, having low blood sugar, both of those things PCOS women struggle with, having high stress hormones that stay high and don't come back down, something that PCOS women struggle with. These are some reasons why we get this like anxiety so much more than other people. But that doesn't mean you have to like live with that anxiety. You just have to know why it's happening and prevent that trigger. So keep your blood sugar stable, right? Make sure that you're eating three times a day. You have a snack on hand. You're doing slow weighted workouts to build muscle and improve insulin sensitivity. And that way you're, you don't get like hangry attacks and anxiety or wake up with low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. I mean, even now, I haven't done a slow weighted workout in like a week and a half because of traveling and everything. Preparation. In preparation, blah, blah, blah. Oh, look, they're towing away the bicycle. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> and I feel like my muscle mass is like slowly melting away. And I feel insulin resistant. Like my cravings or like my hangry attacks, they are stronger than before. So we got to get you back to doing some slow weighted yes. workouts, which we actually signed up to a gym yesterday, mm-hmm. finally in, in Barcelona. So we'll be starting to go today. Yes. It'll be really fun. All right. Next question is from It's Marella. She asked, what strength do you recommend for CBD? And I think she's referring to one of our CBD posts. If you don't know, we are big, big supporters of CBD supplements. One reason why is they really help with anxiety. They can really help with depression. They can help with insulin resistance as well. And just overall can really help with uh, regulating cortisol levels, especially when you take it at night. It can really help with sleep. As you know, many sisters suffer from cortisol dysregulation, which can you know lead to adrenal fatigue, lack of sleep etc when it comes to choosing the right strength 
honestly, what we would recommend is you can either uh, buy like the smallest dosage available. And if you want, if you want to go, you can go to mysoulcbd.com. And if you use the code word PCOS, you can get 15% off. But you can buy the lowest strength and then just take that one dosage and see how you feel after 15, 20 minutes. Do you feel more relaxed? Do you feel like the onset of the CBD kicking in? If not, you can take a little bit more, maybe like half dosage more. And that way you can kind of see what's the level of dosage that's right for you. You can even do this with like a medium dosage of like, let's say like 500 milligrams or a thousand milligrams and try taking a quarter of the tincture. When you try the quarter of a tincture, you can see how that affects you. You can try half, etc. Basically what I'm suggesting is get the smallest dosage possible and see how it affects you and add on as you go on to see what's right for you. Now, one warning, I'm not warning actually, I wanna say like CBD doesn't make you feel high. It's not like, you know, THC where you're gonna get high at all. It won't come up in your drug test results or anything like that. So keep in mind, we're not talking about you feeling high. We're talking about the relaxation feeling, mm-hmm. basically, you know, like anxiety being reduced, things like that. Well said. I need some CBD right now. Yeah. <laughs> the more we talk about anxiety, the more I look down. It's fine. This is nothing. Oh, Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and D-chiro-inositol. This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body. But with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. Okay, so Izzy Greenthumb says, any tips on fighting cravings? I'll do good for three days, but day four I'm caving in. Well, Here's the thing. You can do your best and, of course, try to avoid these things that you're craving, sugar, whatever it may be. But with PCOS, women with PCOS, we struggle with our inositol ratio in our cells. And that is why the inositol supplement has been shown to help PCOS so much because it literally replaces the inositol missing in your cells that triggers cravings. So what I'm trying to say is you can avoid it as much, the sugar, as much as you can. But at a certain point, it's like this issue, like this hormonal issue, this genetic issue that's happening. Okay. Avoiding the sugar is great. Taking a supplement and avoiding the sugar is even better. Yeah. And eventually you won't need to anymore. And your body will just adapt. Your metabolic hormones will adjust and you won't crave those foods as much even without the supplement. And it can even get deeper too. Like it can also, in regards to like your carb tolerance, you know, having too little carbs or having too many carbs, like finding the right amount of carbs for you is going to really help sustain those cravings Mm -hmm. as well as having the proper amounts of protein to carb ratio to make sure that you're not having too many carbs compared to protein. So it can definitely get a bit more complex when you involve all these different areas. Okay. Next, Zoe Licious says, is the Ovastol supplement the same as regular inositol? 
Ooh, great so question. So Ovacetol is inositol, but it is with the 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and dechiro-inositol, which is the ratio that's in your cells. So studies show that it's more effective to take the 40 to 1 ratio, which is found in Ovacetol, than just inositol alone. And studies show taking 4,000 milligrams a day is most effective in helping with the cravings, egg quality, ovulation, all of those symptoms of PCOS. Yeah. And if you're looking for a nostal supplement, like we don't care if you get Ovastol, if you get a different brand. We just want you to get the proper inositol supplement that's been used in the latest studies. So like Tyan said, that's going to be a 40 to 1 ratio of myo and dechiro inositol. And... Uh, based on the studies, it should have a daily dosage of 4,000 milligrams. So that's 2,000 milligrams in the morning and 2,000 milligrams in the evening. Now, the great thing about Ovastol is that it's the most price efficient, the cheapest inositol supplement you can find with those criteria because it comes in a three-month supply. We have never seen any other inositol supplement with those criteria met for as cheap as possible as Ovacetol that comes in a three-month supply. So that's why we love Ovacetol, and it's also NSF certified, been tested by a third-party laboratory. So, yeah. It's our favorite. Yes. We talk about it all the time. Yes. It's in my luggage. I know. Tanya brought it with her. Yeah, I should take some. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all the Q&A questions we have for today. Let's move on to our post of the week. So we pulled a post from our Instagram. If you don't know our Instagram, I'm sure you already do, but at PCOS.WeightLoss, that's where um, what we're talking about here. And the post of the week was 10 signs of inflammation with PCOS. So we give you 10 different signs, and we can kind of help you explain through each of these so you know whether you have a lot of inflammation with PCOS or maybe you have minor inflammation. But one thing to know that inflammation is very common with PCOS women. Yes. So should I list the 10 signs? Sure. Let's go through each of them and I kind of explain each one a little bit. Okay. So there's bloating. And this often happens when you're eating foods that you're sensitive to, that you struggle to break down and digest. Especially and then, gluten. Yeah, and that protein gets through and into your bloodstream and causes chronic inflammation. So that can be why bloating. And oftentimes women with PCOS struggle with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome that can be further aggravated by gluten and dairy if you're sensitive to them. So, well, let me drop some science right now. Drop some. What happens when you eat gluten is it can activate a protein called zonulin. Now, zonulin actually regulates the intestinal wall, which basically helps to protect food and other particles, bacteria from getting into your bloodstream. So what happens when you eat gluten is it can activate the zonulin protein, causing the intestinal wall to widen, and then it lets food particles and other bacteria into your bloodstream. And that's where it can cause systemic inflammation, bloating, and our second sign of inflammation, which is migraines, mm -hmm. joint pain. Yeah, migraines and joint pain. Yeah, come sorry, from second and third. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why we highly suggest going gluten and dairy-free for 30 days to see how you feel because you won't know it's, if it's causing inflammation in your body unless you cut it out. There are some sensitivity tests, but they're not that accurate and they're expensive and it's just so much easier if you cut it out and just see how you feel. Yeah. Because you are your best, you know, doctor. Like you, you know your body the most, right? Yeah. So in the sisterhood, we always talk about this. 
and we really encourage sisters to try for 30 days to see yeah. how they feel. I mean, if you listen to our podcast with Dr. Phyllis Kirsch, the queen of PCOS, the queen's gynecologist of PCOS, mm -hmm. she literally said, I recommend cutting out for 90 days gluten and dairy. Yeah. So it really is up to you. Her so, book is great, too. She yeah. also says, like, get rid of gluten and dairy. And yeah. She talks about how that inflammation not only does your body react, you know, in these ways, in these symptoms that I'm talking about, but also it can lead to autoimmune diseases. One thing I love about her book is on page, I won't forget, page 192. Oh my God. She literally, literally says <laughs> in the gluten dairy free portion, oh, there has been some backlash against the gluten free lifestyle for PCOS. And then she continues to drop all the science <laughs> afterwards being like, boom, bam, boom, bam. What do you think now? Like, I love that. I love how she did that. <laughs> yeah, she's really confident because she's reversed so many women yeah. with PCOS. There's nobody else that knows as much about PCOS than Dr. Phyllis Kirsch. You know what? She's a genius with PCOS. Yeah. I don't know a single person who knows about PCOS as much as her. Yeah. All right, so our second and third sign were migraines and joint pain. And the fourth sign of inflammation is acne. All right, so acne, that typically happens with dairy. Well, gluten too. And it is a sign of inflammation because basically that oil gland is being inflamed by the inflammatory cytokines that are released from when you eat gluten and dairy. So the inflammatory cytokines are leading to cysts on your face and it's painful. And honestly, there's no topical treatment for it as far as I've understood, except for not eating the gluten and dairy. Yeah. And it's really helped me to cut it out. Especially dairy. If you look at there are literally studies showing direct links between dairy consumption and acne. So if you're having acne symptoms, cutting out dairy, you may see a lot of benefits from mm -hmm. it. So you can try and see. Eczema, same thing. Skin conditions. Yeah, that was wow. Wow. What the hell was that? <laughs> Is there is fucking... I can't look there, down anymore. I don't care. I don't care. I feel like the T-Rex is like around <laughs> one of the buildings that's about to come around. <laughs> All, right, All right. The sixth sign is difficulty losing weight. And the seventh is weight gain. So yes. this is because when your cells are inflamed, they are not responsive to metabolic hormones like insulin. Insulin is trying to communicate with your cells and give your cells the sugar in your bloodstream so they can burn it for energy yeah. and your metabolism can move and you don't Client, have to worry. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but there what? are neighbors across the street from the balcony are looking right at us. Where? Look straight. Just look straight. There are people in the window looking right at us. Which window? Which Just straight. Look straight. I'm the balcony straight. right in front of us. I see a girl looking right at us. She's looking right here. Look, look straight. Can you count which row? from the top like straight if oh. you look just straight babe i'm looking at the window right is now is she behind the curtain <laughs> i can't believe it right now you're blind you're blind as a bat i see it oh they just closed the curtains oh i see okay okay because <laughs> i just pointed at them <laughs> oh my god i just pointed at them and they closed the curtains oh my god she's looking at us Okay, okay I, I'm sorry, continue. The I, weight gain. I totally cut you up, I'm sorry. Okay, so when you have inflammation in your cells, they're not responsive to metabolic hormones, and inflammation is also a sign of stress. So your stress hormones go up, and when your stress hormones like cortisol are high, it's harder to lose weight, and so on and so forth. It just cascades, you know? And inflammation is one of the PCOS types, but everyone with PCOS has inflammation, and it leads to the other PCOS types. Mm -hmm. So that's how. Yeah. Then we okay. have fatigue. Mm -hmm. That's definitely, like I said, when your stress hormones are high, 
because you have inflammation, your body has like a stressful response to it, uh, you'll feel tired and fatigued as well. And then we have being frequently sick and that's just a your body's response to all this inflammation and stress that it's yeah. putting on well, you. When your body is under systemic inflammation all the time, it doesn't have energy to focus on, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that your nervous system, your 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 Im immune system it can't work at 100% due to all the inflammation because it has so much to deal with. Yeah, and then autoimmune diseases. The last one. Yeah. So I want to talk about this because it's very interesting. And I just read this paragraph in PCOS SOS by Dr. Phyllis Gersh. She says that gluten and dairy, she's quoting studies, gluten and dairy have proteins in them that trigger an autoimmune reaction. So what happens is these proteins found in wheat and dairy can mimic the proteins of the tissues of your organs. And that's something called molecular mimicry. Mm -hmm. They look the same. And your body sees the gluten and dairy as an invader, so it attacks it, but it also attacks your tissues at the same time. So what happens is every time you're eating the gluten and dairy, you're having this autoimmune response, and eventually it leads to things like or it can contribute to worsening issues like hypothyroidism mm -hmm. or autoimmune diseases and so on. And women with PCOS, you know, often have autoimmune diseases. If not, PCOS is considered an autoimmune disease. So yeah. the autoimmune response, is, it's very interesting. This molecular mimicry thing. Yeah, weird. 100%. All right. Those are the 10 signs of inflammation. And I highly encourage you sisters to go to our Instagram. You can find that post in the last week or two. And you'll be able to basically kind of get more information from there uh, in the caption. And that's one thing we should say too. I, we always encourage you to read the caption of our post because really we go into more detail. It's really hard to explain 10 different things in, in the picture. So we like to kind of break it down in the caption always. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to our wins of the week. So this week, our wins of the week is actually focusing on the workout challenge that we had in the sisterhood. We do a challenge almost every month, and this time, this month, it was a three-day workout challenge. So many sisters participated. We're so happy to see them all participate, especially those who, who started their workout journey new, or even those who just basically continued on what they were already doing. So a couple of shout-outs for those sisters. The first one is Holly. And Holly basically posted her workout. She showed, um, she says, does this count as posting my workout? And she showed a, a photo and she says, but here's my sweaty photo also with my tread in the background for good measure. Love it. And she includes how she, she did uh, stationary rowing as well as walking and some Peloton as well. So that's awesome. Looking good, sister. Great job, Holly. Francesca posted a picture of herself doing squats. Love it. <laughs> Don't mind looks my good. face. I was super tired. <laughs> she looks great. Love the neon leggings. Like neon is like one of my favorite colors right now. Mm -hmm. Sarah Pro says definitely enjoy these slow weighted workouts over intense hit workouts I used to do. Yeah. And Amen. She's, she's holding her red dumbbells. Love it. And it's it's like I feel like dumbbells are getting easier to find these days too yeah. with like the whole you know COVID getting a little less and less. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. I mean I don't know. Hopefully the supply issues are kind of getting easier. I mean, I know COVID's still like a big thing, but yeah. hopefully the supply issues that people were seeing with dumbbells and other things are getting yeah, better. Yeah, they're selling them. Whereas yeah. before, literally, you could not even buy them. Yeah. And one thing to keep in mind, too, if you even if you can't find dumbbells, you can still do a lot of bodyweight exercises or you can get resistance cables, which are a lot easier to find because resistance cables can basically mimic what dumbbells do as well. Mm-hmm. 
Rebecca says, I had a wonderful workout today. I hiked during my lunch break. Nice. And she shows the map of her hike, yeah. which I love. Seriously, nothing like a midday walk to help your insulin sensitivity, bring your stress hormones down. Love it. Absolutely. So those are the wins of the week. Of course, you can always join the sisterhood to participate in the, the monthly challenges. Oh my goodness, these noises. I feel like Godzilla's coming. And that's what I'm saying. It's Godzilla's around the corner. Crushing the buildings and climbing on Yeah. Top of One thing in Barcelona is a lot of construction. Because, of course, yeah. it's a very old city with the building. So yeah. they're always, re, like, re... What is the word? Re-renovating. Yeah. That's the word, renovating. Yeah, renovating a lot of these old buildings. So we're seeing a lot of that right now happen. Now I'm definitely going to listen to this episode, the audio, and if it's like so much noise, <laughs> trust me, sisters, we won't do it on the balcony every week. So let me know on Instagram, DM us if it's like, if you, if you didn't like the background noise, if it was too distracting, let us know. We'll definitely want to make this podcast <laughs> still enjoyable to listen to. All right. Cool. So the last segment that we have here is we have four PCOS mistakes to avoid. Now, we'll go through these rather quickly because we don't want to make the podcast too long. I know, sisters, we did like a survey and usually 30 minutes is the, like, the best time. Mm-hmm. So let's just go through these. The first mistake to avoid, common mistake, is restricting calories. Yes. Here's the thing. When we're diagnosed, we're told to lose weight. When we go on Google, it says stop eating. (laughs) It says restrict your calories. So it's a huge issue for PCOS. It puts you in starvation mode and it suppresses your thyroid and leads to hypothyroidism, which means that your metabolism moves slower, which is so annoying because then you gain weight easily whenever you do eat. And it's just not good for our overall metabolic function that we're trying to heal. I mean, the point is to be able to eat and to burn what we're eating properly and to not have to think about calories, right? But cutting calories is going to suppress those hormones necessary for us to be able to metabolize what we eat. And then it's going to make it harder later. So I don't suggest cutting calories, but I do suggest thinking about your metabolic hormones, balancing your blood sugar, supporting your thyroid with nutrients, um, reducing inflammation with going gluten and dairy free. And honestly, this is all the stuff we talk about in the sisterhood. We don't talk about cutting, restricting calories in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. That is not PCOS weight loss. Yeah. Instead, we focus on fixing the metabolic issue that's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Next one is crash diets. So it's really common for sisters to be, you know, recommended a very restrictive, like crash diet. For example, like keto. A lot of times. You know, keto diet at first can help you see some results because you you drastically cut down your carbs and that can have an effect on insulin resistance. But long term, it's a really unsustainable approach. Imagine having 30, 40 grams of carbs for the rest of your life. It's not possible. It's not something you can actually enjoy for your whole life. So what happens is maybe you do keto for one month, two months, maybe you see you see some results. But then the second you get off of it, you, because you didn't find your carb tolerance, because you didn't focus on the root issues, the weight that you lost can come back. The symptoms that improve can come back because there's no sustainable approach to continue doing after the keto diet. Yes, which sustainability is so key. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why we love like instead of a diet, we love a lifestyle. So, for example, a gluten dairy free lifestyle, it isn't restrictive. You can still have all the foods you love. You can still have carbs. It's rather about finding the carb tolerance that's right for you. Mm-hmm. So when you go from that approach, instead of restricting the foods you eat, you rather go it as a lifestyle and consistency. 
it's never about perfection. It's rather about finding the consistent lifestyle that works for you. For some, that's maybe removing gluten here and there. For others, it's doing 90%. For mm -hmm. some, it's 100%. Right. So it's a lifestyle consistency that works for you. Yes. The next mistake to avoid is not being prepared. There are circumstances where you might not find a gluten and dairy-free option for you or a PCOS-friendly you know, option or situation, but you want to go into it prepared. Like There were so many t situations that I had to learn from because I showed up hungry and all they had was like a cheese platter at somebody's house, for example, and that's how I learned to pack myself a little something if I feel like, you know, we're going to a child's birthday party. They're, they're going to have pizza. Like, what am I going to eat? Let me just pack myself a quick sandwich yeah. and eat it right before we walk in so I'm not, like, starving and mm. miserable, like, you know. So being prepared is key. And sometimes it just takes some mistakes to figure out where you need to prepare in advance. Yeah. And it's also about, like, breakfast and things like that. Like, you, you don't want in the mornings... We know life can be busy. You have school, you have work, other responsibilities. So when you're rushing out in the morning from, like let's say you're, you wake up and you're rushing and you just basically leave the, leave the house without getting any breakfast or maybe you just grab like one banana or something, that's obviously, it's not going to be a great way to stabilize your blood sugar for the rest of the day. It's not going to be great to have a sustainable like amount of food for the rest of the day mm -hmm. so you don't want to be you want to be prepared for those kinds of days where you have to rush out the door so maybe that means having a go-to breakfast that's quick and easy to make in the mornings something you can grab something that's that's always available so that you're not you know stuck in those kinds of situations yes all right and then the last mistake to avoid is working out as hard as possible yes well I've done this, sisters. Seriously, I thought I was going to burn more calories and lose more weight and all of this. And I wasn't thinking of my metabolic hormones. And it's a huge mistake because it's exhausting and it makes your yeah. symptoms even worse. And I just read a study that says going on a 10-minute walk three times a day, like after each meal, improves insulin sensitivity more than strenuous exercises. Yeah. So just think about that for a second. You're trying to heal the insulin resistance so that you can, you know, metabolize what you're eating probably and burn fat properly, right? Well, doing strenuous, crazy workouts clearly is not as effective, according to the study, as just going on a walk after yeah. your lunch, you know, and like lifting some weights. It's a really interesting point, too, because just yesterday we were doing our Sisterhood private podcast. Uh, we did a whole Q&A session where we basically answered everyone's question in our private Facebook group. And one of the questions was, oh, like when I do slow weighted workouts, I don't feel like I'm burning as many calories. Do you think it's still going to be good for weight loss? And I thought this was a perfect question. because Oh, my goodness. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I can't even look at it. I can't do this anymore. Okay, anyways, I don't want to explain what we're seeing because I'm <laughs> getting too distracted. Okay, so it was, it was, I thought it was a great question. Like, oh, I don't feel like I'm burning as many calories. It's a perfect question because it's a common misconception that the way to losing weight with workouts is all about the calories that you burn during the gym. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. It's not about the calories you burn at the gym, but it's rather how your body is affected after your workouts. Mm -hmm. So when you do strength training workouts, AKA slow weighted workouts, they literally help improve your metabolism after your workout. So what that means is your caloric burn 
the rest of the day, the next day, and the day after is higher. Mm -hmm. Now you're burning more calories every single day throughout the day from morning till evening. That's what's going to help you lose weight sustainably and consistently, not the hours you're at the gym. Because the hours you're at the gym is very limited. You only have one to two hours if you're doing those kinds of long workouts. Instead of that, you can literally have a 30 to 45 minute workout that's gonna help improve your metabolism and your insulin sensitivity, the two major reasons why women with PCOS aren't able to lose weight as well. So that's what we're talking about, is working on those sustainable results, consistency, and giving you the results that you deserve. That's right, you don't wanna be wasting your time at the gym and coming home fatigued. Yeah. You want to see the real results that last. Yes. Well, sisters, yeah, was those were our tips. Those were the tips. We miss you. We do. <laughs> I mean, this city is beautiful and it's very Loud. noisy, as you can tell. So let us know how you like this episode on the balcony. Was it distracting? Was it too much noise? I feel like one day we should go to the to the famous park. I forgot. Was it Park oh, de Guel? Park Guel. Yeah. Maybe Let's we should, do it tomorrow. Yeah, let's record a podcast there. I'm done. That'd be really fun. But I think it's raining this weekend, by the way. I checked the weather. It said it's Saturday, Sunday may be raining. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. We're also going to meet up with a sister. We've been DMing, going through DMs. We're going to meet up with a sister from Spain and have have dinner with her. Yeah, she reversed her PCOS. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. We've never, like, really gone out to dinner with a fellow sister before. It's going to be... We've done a lot of lives with sisters, but never, like, in person. So that should Mm -hmm. be really interesting. Yeah, maybe she'll come on our podcast. Oh, yeah. We'll ask her. Yeah. We'll do a podcast at the restaurant. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, sisters, for joining us. And, yeah, I guess we'll talk to you next week and give you more updates about Barcelona. Talk to you soon, sisters. Take care. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.